Well, we did witness a heck of a Game 3, everyone. It was an interesting storyline. We had Steph Curry go out there, drop 47 points in a losing effort, which ultimately should tell you that this whole narrative of, oh, the Warriors don't need Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, they do. And no one knew that better than Steph Curry because he's the one who went out and recruited him because he knew stuff like this was going to happen. He knew there were going to be times where him or Clay were going to be injured and they weren't going to be able to get it done without having another great player. He wants as many great players around him as possible. That's what he wants. That's why he recruited him. That's why they went out and got Boogie Cousins. That's why they did everything they did to try to make the best team possible. And it wasn't like Steph was playing with a bunch of scrubs last night. He had Draymond Green, Boogie Cousins. He had a horrible game, but he was still out there. You still, you know, Iggy, he's out there. He's an, a finals MVP, right? Like he didn't have scrubs, but the game didn't work out the way they thought it would. And it's fine, honestly. I still think this is a hell of a series. I still think this is going to go six or seven games. Uh, according to Draymond Green, he says that it's going to go six and they're going to win out the next three. I mean, I don't know about all that, but I mean, I'd I'd line, want them to. I'd want my one of my star players to think like that. I mean, it's going to be a different game. I mean, if you think about it, right? You had Clay go off, or you had Steph go off for forty-seven points. He only had two turnovers. He had eight rebounds. He's six-three at eight rebounds. He's he was all over the place. He was the best player on the court, hands down. And the thing that I don't think anybody really understands truly, except for a few small amount of people in the media, is that Steph can do that every single night if he wanted to. He could do that anytime he wants. He could walk out there and drop almost 50 points any night he wanted to, except that he doesn't have to, and he knows he doesn't have to, because of how great the players are on the team and why he doesn't want to have to do that every night because this should wake up everyone out there and, and Colin Coward talked about this today on his show if you don't if you don't watch the herd or listen to the herd you should Colin Coward is the best guy in sports radio but he talked about how everyone in the media should wake up and realize that this whole pipe dream of people trying to go in free agency and build their own roster and build their own team and be the guy like Kyrie going to apparently Brooklyn or Kevin Durant trying to go to New York. Like this should wake him up and realize, listen, man, you don't want to do that. Either of you, like what's going to happen if, if you don't have the players around you or you get hurt, you're going to do what Steph did last night, drop 50 in a losing effort every night. That's going to be your future. And Steph was ahead of the curve. He was way ahead. He saw into the future, and he said, I'm going to get so many good guys to come play here so that no matter what happens, we are always in contention. And look, I didn't think they were going to win that game last night. I thought they'd have to have like an awesome effort from everybody on the field, and they'd have to get that performance out of, out of Steph. So they got one out of the two because they didn't play defense at all, and Steph was amazing. But they don't have their best two-way player. And hopefully, and apparently, as the reports are uh, in local media out here, is that Clay will be available for game five or game four on Friday, tomorrow. So, I think that's that. This is an interesting storyline because I think 
there were times in that game where the Warriors were just a few stops away from really grabbing the momentum back, but they just couldn't get those stops. And and I, I want to I want to talk to a little bit about this game in particular because there's there's a lot of things that happened in this game, not just the game itself, like the play of the players, but there's just a lot of interesting moments that I kind of wrote down and, and talk like mentally because I want to talk about it because I, I think it's interesting. One of the first things I noticed, and if you follow me on Instagram, I posted a picture of the ticket prices for game three. And the cheapest tickets, now granted, this is on a third-party website. This is on SeatGeek. But, which usually, that's when I buy tickets to sporting events, I usually go on SeatGeek because, honestly, they tend to have the best deals. And if you look, follow me on Instagram, you saw that the cheapest ticket prices for that game were $750-some dollars, okay, which is absurd. So, and I was listening to local radio this morning, and they're, you know, the talk show hosts, obviously, they're very pro-warrior out here, obviously. I live in the Bay Area. But they were saying that the dynamic of the fans at that Game 3, like, they never got out of their seats they never really cheered very hard that it was like a, a D, they said it was a D plus effort by the fans. And part of that is because I feel like, right, when you make ticket prices so outlandish, right, where the average person, the, the average like middle class fan who really appreciates the sport and, and really is obsessed with the sport can no longer attend, you just have a bunch of rich people that go now. And it's like they're stunting or like flossing on people. And I hate to use the new lingo of kids these generations, but that's but that's literally what it is. You see these people that are just have this entitlement, and it's more of like a celebrity status to attend than it is to actually care about what's happening on the court. And that's what happens. Okay, that's I would say that's a that's a negative of winning. It was an interesting quote I heard on the radio from one of the morning show people, and they said, "Do you want to know how to turn?" Beer and a champagne. You win a bunch of NBA games, and that, that's like honestly 100 percent true, right? Like the Warriors are a winning culture. They're always in the finals. They're always winning. They have such great like gravitas about them, and so this drives ticket prices up because everyone wants to see them. So you drive ticket prices up. You can no longer the the average fan can no longer afford to go. And I feel like the average fan is the more passionate fan, like the people who live in Oakland, right? The people surrounded by the stadium who live in the Oakland. Okay, Oakland is a very like middle class, lower middle class area. And all you have now is a bunch of rich Silicon Valley people moving in, which is why I believe this, like the stadium wholeheartedly is moving to San Francisco next year. It's going to be the Chase Center. It's going to be in San Francisco. It's leaving Oakland. This is, this is, Oracle's last run as a stadium. They're tearing everything down in the next few years, including the Coliseum where the Raiders play and uh, the A's play. So that whole thing is just going to become a parking lot pretty much. And they're moving away from their traditional roots of like hard working class, lower, lower middle class people. And they're moving towards this rich Silicon Valley, white collar worker, tech starter company, movement and building 
this new stadium in the city, in San Francisco, where I feel like the fans now who care the most about the Warriors are going to be pushed aside. Because that because ultimately it's a money grab, right? It's we want to get as many high valued people in the stands as possible and make them spend the most money to watch these games, which is happening, right? Proof is in the pudding. I went on try to just to see what ticket prices were. And seven hundred and sixty some dollars or whatever the hell it was. It was almost eight hundred dollars. But what I want to talk about is how that correlation of rich entitlement has transferred onto the court. I mean, and it's been this way. It's actually been a growing trend in the NBA, specifically on the sidelines on the courtside seats, right? Which if you're trying to pay courtside seats for NBA finals game, I mean, those are like 30 grand a seat, maybe more. So if you haven't heard today in the news, Yesterday, during the game, Kyle Lowry went out to try to get a ball that was heading towards the sidelines, and he jumps, and he tries to get the ball, and he flies into the the courtside row of fans, and he lands on a few fans and pushes them back. You know, happens occasionally. Well, Mark Stevens, who is the co-owner of the Warriors, was sitting about two seats down from where Lowry fell into the crowd. And as Lowry was kind of working his way out of the people, you know, uh, Mark Stevens decides to give Kyle Kyle Lowry a big old shove on the shoulder, like kind of a swipe almost, which is absolutely ridiculous, okay? And the guy's a jerk, and I don't condone... Anyone, I don't care if you're the richest freaking human on the planet. You don't do that to anyone, okay? You don't try to push and shove and make yourself feel better or make you make it look like you are the bigger and better person. Okay, you're not a player. You are a fan. You have no right to get aggressive and feel that way. You can feel emotional all you want. I'm an extremely emotional Steelers fan. But I would never go to a game and get on the sidelines and push an opposing team. I don't care if it's the Bengals, if it's the Ravens, if it's whoever. I'm not pushing any other player if I was granted the privilege of sitting that close. If they said, hey, Eli, we want to make you work the sticks on the away side, and I had to stand on the sidelines and work the sticks, and I got the greatest view ever, and then one of the Bengals running backs runs into me, and I take the stick pile on and push him in the head, I should be banned for life, forever, for doing that. That is just so disrespectful and horrible. And and the fact that Mark Stevens is a co-owner of the Warriors and he decides to take a swipe like that at at Kyle Lowry is absolutely ridiculous. He should one be forced to give up his ownership. So buy him out of his uh, out of his partial ownership. Ban him from from or well, like Chase Center, future state for the future stadium for life. And that that should be the two consequences. He should lose his ownership and he should be banned. Now, the Warriors have issued a statement today saying that Mark Stevens is no longer allowed to attend any other finals games that happen at Oracle, which, in theory, in theory, would only be two possible games, one for sure, which is Friday. So that's kind of a slap on the wrist in, in, in a BS move. I mean, that's something they had to do because this is just utterly ridiculous. No person on the planet deserves that, not any player. And, and the, the rich entitlement of billionaires who think they own 
they're an owner, they own the players, they're bigger, they're larger, they're more in charge, that they have the audacity to think that they can get away with stuff like that, right, is absolutely terrible. And I think that whole thing, that whole entitlement thing is I'm better than you culture is ruining the game of basketball as a fan base system, right? You see the ticket prices going up. So now you have to be entitled to get in there. And now they think it's just a, it's just a privilege to go, right? You don't see this ever happening to fans who sit any other place or are just happy to be there. Like if you were to give courtside seats to somebody who would never be able to afford them in their life, they are just happy to be there. They're just sitting in awe and sitting there and loving every minute of it. This only happens to people who are rich and having the entitlement of, I'm better than these people, I can do whatever I want and get away with it because I'm a billionaire. I was sort of related, not related, right? Stanford did a study on people at a stop sign. And what was the likelihood you would stop at that stop sign if you drove a car of exceeding value. So based on, they basically studied all the cars at the stop sign and how likely would it be for someone who drives, say like a Kia to stop or someone who drives an $80,000 plus, $80,000 plus car, like a Land Rover or something would stop, right? And surprisingly, not surprising at all actually, Everyone who owned that was the that was the marker. Anyone who owned an eighty thousand dollar car or more, pretty much never stopped at the stop sign. They just rolled right through. They didn't give a shit about anybody. Right? It was basically that you pay for that privilege to ride around, and you basically that entitlement and that mental like psychology of it makes you think you're better than everyone else. And that's exactly what we just saw last night, and that's exactly what we've been seeing all over the NBA. And the fact is, the NBA is the only sport that allows you to be that close, right? Hockey, you can get that close, but there's a barrier, right? There's a glass between you and everyone. The NBA is the only sport where you're you're getting that close. And we just saw it again with Drake, right? Drake's this ambassador for Toronto, and he's jumping up and down. He's getting in players' faces, right? At, at one point, if and that's where I disagree. Colin Coward brought this up, and, and I'm kind of echoing his points on the Mark Stevens thing, and he says he should be banned. Drake getting in the face of other players and touching his coach and doing all that is the same exact thing, and it's the rich getting away with things. If anybody else did that on the planet who wasn't Drake, they would there would be consequences, right? If, if I a random if I was a Toronto fan, or I wasn't even a Toronto fan, I had I had seats where Drake had seats, and I went up and rubbed the back of uh, Nick Nurse. I'd be thrown out of the game. I'd lose every privilege of ever being in that stadium again. Right? So there's there's definitely an entitlement thing of things you get away with as a rich and rich person, which I'm not complaining about. Okay? I understand money can buy you a lot of things. But at some point somebody needs to be held in check. We need to get to a point and say this needs to stop because it's ruining the sport. Okay? And the Warriors did the right thing by saying Mark Stevens is out of Oracle for the next playoff games. And I hope to God they they ban him. For life, and I hope to God they take away his co-ownership because he's a terrible human being. He's obviously just some rich, entitled jerk, and he should not have anything to do. Like if I'm the if I'm the Warriors' owner, like the other owners, I don't want anything to do with him because he just makes me look bad. So that needs to be corrected a hundred percent.
And we will see in the future how that that whole Mark Stevens thing goes down. But he wasn't even anywhere remotely close to falling on top of Mark Stevens. Kyle Lowry Lowry was. He was like two seats over. It was just a weak, just stupid move. And the fact is, too, if that happened on any other, like, if you took away the fact that they were at a base at a basketball game, and you had Mike, or you had Mark Stevens and Kyle Lowry standing on a bus stop, and Mark Stevens pushes and shoves Kyle Lowry like that, that would be a fist fight, and Kyle Lowry would win because Mark Stevens is an old man. He's just like a fifty or sixty year old billionaire, and he would never do that on the street. Because he's a little, because in all honesty, he's a little bitch, right? He would never do that because when the when push came to shove, those rich billionaires are all cowards because they hide behind the entitlement, they hide behind that shroud, right? And in, in in their own environment like that, it's like almost being behind a computer screen at that point, right? The the anonymity of I I'm untouchable, this is my team, right? Like so, it, it's just utterly ridiculous. Like I said. The NBA should go out. I think I think Adam Silver should totally get involved. He should make him give up his ownership. Because it just really frustrates me to see stuff like that. It really does. The entitlement of fans at NBA games is getting out of hand. And, and this isn't the first defense, obviously. We've seen lots. We've seen a few interactions inside this whole finals. And we've seen a lot over this whole course of like the season of fans taking swings at players on the sidelines or, or calling or calling different players certain racial slurs or whatever. Like, it needs to stop. It's just terrible. It's terrible. Fans need to be able to, like, you know, hold themselves accountable. You're you're supposed to go there and be entertained. You're not supposed to harass the entertainers. You, you're there to watch a game and be a fan. And you can do whatever you want in, in, the, in the guidelines of being a fan. But that's it. The other thing I, I kind of want to talk about as we're kind of winding down the segment. Um, so at the beginning of the game, obviously, because it's Toronto and it's their first, this is their first ever NBA finals. And obviously it's a Canadian team. It's a big deal. And I think they've done a really good job of, you know, handling themselves as a fan base and whatnot. But uh, I just want to talk about this because I think it's just kind of an interesting topic is uh, so that, you know, the Warriors, um, had their people sing the uh, O Canada, the Canadian national anthem. And you could hear like the Canadian fans. I don't know if it was like just respectful Warriors fans or or whatever, but you could hear the Toronto fans singing the national anthem like with such pride. And it just got me thinking, and I'm not trying to make this like a political endeavor or anything, but it just... And I, and I think back to games one and two, too, when they also did the national anthem, the Canadian national anthem, and how, one, it's a beautiful national anthem. Like, Oh, Canada is a beautiful song, and I like listening to it, and I kind of sing along to it. I don't know all the words, but I like singing it. It's a cool song. It's it's an awesome national anthem. And I guess people were giving people a slack because some of the people were saying, like, oh, that's a great national anthem, basically saying, like, it's better than our national anthem. And listen, I'm in the military. Uh, I've I'm a patriot, obviously. But their national anthem is just a, is so such a beautiful song, like it really is. And I'm probably gonna get schlack for saying this, but I think it, it's it's a way better national anthem, like 
by song wise, I'm not, I'm not going to trade to Canada. I'm, ta- I'm saying the Canadian national anthem is a better song song wise than our national anthem is song wise. I'm not going to compare. That makes me a traitor. But the fans are so involved with that national anthem, right? Every time I've ever been to a game, I know I've been to lots of NFL games, and obviously the NFL has had issues and controversy, including with the national anthem. But that's like that's like never even like think about that. Just just north of us, there's another country whose national anthem is like the spirit that embodies all of their fans, right? They all sing it as loud as possible, and they if you've ever seen a hockey game, all those guys go all out for it. It, it means a lot to them. And, and that gets me to think of why is it that that song like embodies fans and everyone embraces it, yet when we play the nas- our national anthem, it causes a lot of controversy all the time, and people don't seem as energetic about contributing to the song. And I, I just want to know why that is. I think, hey, if you guys want to like message me, reach out to me, at my email at the rant Eli, all lowercase at gmail.com. You can add, you know, totally be involved in this conversation. I, I really want to know why you think that the Canadian national anthem embodies people to sing and like really embrace the song while our national anthem kind of doesn't make people sing along. I mean, people do sing along and people do cheer and people do love our national anthem. And I'm not saying I don't love the national anthem. What I'm saying is I don't see the same response from our national anthem that I see from the Canadian national anthem. And also I don't see the kind of controversy that our national anthem sparks that their national anthem doesn't spark, if that makes sense. And yeah, but I I think it's been awesome. I think the, the Canadian fans for basketball, which obviously you don't really think about, you know, when you think about basketball, I don't really think about Canada as can, Canadian like fans of basketball, right? Like I just kind of think of hockey and lacrosse when I think of Canada. And I mean, that could be very, you know, single-minded and closed-minded and somewhat maybe racist, but I mean, I don't think so. I think that's just like what I think of when I think of Canada. I just think of hockey and I think of lacrosse. But I think the like the country of Canada hasn't had a championship winning team in a sport in a long time. And so I think not only is Toronto on board with this whole thing, but I think the entire country of Canada is like pretty much embraced this Raptors movement. And everyone's on board. And it's pretty much like the Bay Area versus all of Canada and pretty much everyone in the United States who doesn't want to see the Warriors win, which is like such an interesting dynamic. But yeah, I, I'm i interested for this game uh, four tomorrow. I, I really hope that, um, I heard, like I said, Clay is going to be back, which is huge. And um, maybe Durant makes his appearance. I don't know, 100%. I'm definitely rooting for it because it makes, I think it just makes a better matchup. Like, I don't know how you are a basketball, if you're a basketball fan at all, and you say, I don't want Kevin Durant to play in this series. Like, you're crazy. Like, he's the best player on the planet right now. And Kawhi Leonard's arguably one of the best players on the planet. And I would love to see those two play in this playoffs because that's what it's all about, right? It's supposed to be the best versus the best. And I'm here. I want to see the best versus the best. 
So I'm rooting for a Kevin Durant appearance. I'm rooting for it to be a good series. I hope it goes seven. We haven't had, a, you know, it's been a few years since we've had a, like a series go that far. What, since uh, when Cleveland won, I guess, what was it two, two years ago, three years ago? I don't remember. Two, yeah, three years ago because the Warriors went back-to-back. So I, I want it to go seven because it'll just be good for it'll be good for the sport. It'll be good for the fans to to who just the fans of basketball who want to watch a good series. And ultimately, I think it'll be better for the people rooting for Durant to stay in Golden State because of this whole da- narrative. If Kevin Durant comes back in this series, whether it be Game Four or Game Five. And he is the catalyst that drives them to win, right? Then the entire talk of, oh, we didn't need Durant here in the first place becomes obsolete. And everyone in the Bay Area says, we need this guy. Another interesting topic on that, though, I think, honestly, and and I'm, I'm not kind of trying to be like a deep state kind of person, but... I think that when people think about this whole free agency thing, people forget about the major players in this, and it's not the player's choice. It is on paper, but it really isn't. And uh, and this is more of an insider scoop than anything else. That uh, I heard a story through the grapevine that when LeBron was looking about moving in free agency, and uh, he was obviously signed with Nike. Somebody asked him, or somebody somebody through the grapevine that I heard the story, who was telling me the story, said they were at a party, like pretty much at a get-together or a party, and a Nike executive was at the party. And they said, what do you think about this whole LeBron moving thing? Do you think he'll go to wherever he's trying to go? I couldn't remember if it was at the Miami movement or him going to, to L.A., and the Nike executive, listen, this is all this is all through Grapevine. It could be a bunch of horse shit, but I totally believe this. Said that he'll go wherever we tell him to go. And then the guy said to the Nike executive, what do you mean he'll go wherever you tell him to go? He's a free agent. He goes, yeah, but we pay him like 400% more than what his NBA contract would be. So if we tell him to do something, He's going to do it, right? Which totally makes sense. I mean, like 100% makes sense, right? Because look look at how much money he's made off of Nike and endorsements. Obviously, they're, they're the true players in this, and that's totally deep state, you know, like conspiracy theory-ism. But honestly, think about that. If Nike told Kevin Durant, hey, we want you to stay in San Francisco, and if you don't, we're going to yank your contract. Or we might not yank your contract, but we are going to give you all this money, and now we're not, or whatever, right? Like they can totally control him, and I think that's that's a big thing that a lot of sports people don't want to talk about because then you start going down this whole conspiracy theory road. But honestly, and and I hate the fact that 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 is even a plausible like a plausible thing that that could be a realism. But I wouldn't put it past anything. I mean, how, how do you think like, like if if those things exist? In government, right? If I know there's lobbyists in government that can control po- political movements, 
Why would it not be the same in the capitalistic environment that is sports? Especially NBA basketball. Why would that not be a thing? Why would it, how would you convince me otherwise that that would not be real if in fact it happened? If in fact that this story is even remotely possibly true, I'm not saying that it is or it isn't, but how can you tell me that it, that it would never happen? Because we see it every day. We see people with money influence other people to do things all the time. And I'm not saying that that's probably like anti-league or like the league has rules against that. But trust me, if you can know that there's college kids getting paid to play college ball because they're the number one recruit out of wherever, right? And even though the league says you can't accept any type of money movement to play anywhere because you're a college kid, that's BS. And everyone knows that's BS. So even if the league said you can't accept money to make to make moves in anywhere in free agency, which how would they even be able to dictate that? Because like I said, it's your choice and then you can play it off as that. But anyway, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. I'd hate to leave off on that crazy topic, but I'm running out of time here. Um, anyway, let me know. Like any any type of the, any type of these comments that, you, that I make or opinions that I have, you guys can totally debate me. Just email me at therantEli at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what your opinions are in the games. If you have a comment about my comments or you have a question about my comments or you want to make me do something based on what you think, uh, please hit me up at the rant eli at gmail.com follow me on instagram at edk1181 thanks a lot uh spread the word about the podcast i appreciate everyone who's listening and i will see you guys when i see you